Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and today, Alex Miller, the AFLW season has come to a close because the grand final has been run and done and won by the Crows. I was going to say it's sad, Cap, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Feels in, like we will be, hey? Back in bloody two, three months. So, uh, no, very, very good season it was. And, yes, congratulations to the Crows. They are the 2022 premiers, the champions tonight, um, as they would say. But it was a good game, but a great season it's been, Cap, and what a privilege it's been to watch you know, the best talent in AFLW roam around again. Well, that's it. We've, we've really seen a... Um, a dynasty. Uh, yes. Well, they, they are the first dynasty of the of the league, really. They've appeared in all but one grand final. They've won three of them. Um, they're clearly the best team in the league at the moment. It's going to be interesting to see how that changes once Port Adelaide comes in. They can take up to eight crows, so that's a fair bit of uh, talent they could snatch over. But um, no, th- this, this is all about celebrating uh, just how good they have been. And obviously on the weekend, they were... Outstanding, really, from from the get go, and it obviously started from the middle for them, as it always does. We'll talk about these two players a bit more in depth later. But Marinov and Hatchard, mate, what? There's not much to say about them left, really, is there? They both nearly bloody won the best and fairest. No, they were both <laughs> yeah, that that good. Hatchard outstanding, twenty six touches, twenty two of them kicks to go along with nine marks. My God, I love it, <laughs> and six tackles as well. And then, as you mentioned, Marinov, who. I'll get to later on with her stats because you might have an inkling of who my woman of the week is there. But I just thought that the start was really good, Cat. The mm. D's were lucky to get that goal before half time where yep. Caitlin Gord had a bit of a brain fart and <laughs> kicked it straight. Uh, I can't remember who kicked it. Was it Bannon? It was Bannon, yeah. Yeah, Bannon got it. So um, kicked it straight there and she ran in and said, thank you very much. But <laughs> besides that, they were really faultless, the Crows. Very, mm. very professional team, isn't it? Yeah, another, obviously, the D's tried to keep the game a bit more defensive and less free-flowing than it probably was at times in the second half against the Lions. Um, it was, yeah, probably, it's interesting, it was a bit more of a low-scoring sort of game, which seems to happen when these two, or when the top teams come up against each other. It was the same when the Crows and the Dockers played earlier in the year. They really love to try and strangle each other down, and it was very heavily, heavily contested match. But I think... Really, what was important in this game was those players that that could be the the difference makers in those moments. And you talk about Gould before Miller, a little bit of a brain fade, but once again, outstanding work from yeah. her. Not just in the taps. Obviously, she's never going to win the hitouts against the likes of Lauren Pierce, but she well, did, she actually though. did. That's oh, yeah. why I told you, Cat. This why very I important thought, matchup. And <laughs> I thought Doc's I'd read the stats correctly, but <laughs> Doc said to me, "It's uh, she won't do enough," and I said, "You know what." You she, did. You did say before the game that you were you were looking for her to have a big one, and she had a really good game. Twelve touches, four marks, thirteen touches, mm. uh, thirteen hitouts. Sorry, but Pierce was still good. But I felt like Gould really stepped up and was really strong around the ground, particularly with her influence on, on the yeah. contest. So she definitely nine touches for Pierce. I was gonna I was gonna say that I thought she won the the hitouts, but obviously yeah, she no. didn't. Um, and her influence around the ground wasn't as strong, which you've got to say after being named as the All Australian ruck. Huge wraps for Gould. Onto a head, maybe. Gould, he said, all right. <laughs> head might explode. I might get a get a head up on you. And oh. she was outstanding. And But Anne Hatchard is really a special player at this point. And we talked about it last week uh, after we were doing the, the awards wrap that she has managed to get better and better and better every year. She's How? gone from a great midfielder to an elite midfielder to a genuine superstar player of the competition. Nearly won the best and fairest. Missed it by one vote. Um, and... 
I think she proved as well she can play in these big games too, which is phenomenal. Um, she d- she got the medal deservedly so uh, for her twenty six touches, six tackle game, just outstanding all game long. I think something good about this game as well, Cap, was the physical nature. One hundred twenty five mm. tackles combined for both teams, so uh, sixty two to to Adelaide and sixty three to uh, Melbourne. So a very physical contest, and that's probably why it wasn't as high scoring yeah. as because it was such a physically demanding game and the contested possession numbers, you know, reflect that as well. Um, 105 to 97. Mm. So that's 200 odd tackles and Melbourne as a team had 215. Yeah. So um, that's um, about half of the total disposals for the game were contested. That's how full on it was. So that was really cool for mine that I really enjoyed watching that as a spectacle. Yeah, absolutely. I think probably the area where it really went wrong for Melbourne was I think they did end up playing into the Crows' defence quite a fair bit. Um, How many of those moments were there where Sarah Allen or or Najwa Allen, uh, she only got a few touches, but I thought she was impactful when she was around the ball. And, of course, Rachich too. um, Taylor Harris had a very tough day, yeah. Yeah, she did. She didn't get near it, did she? It wasn't her fault. They made it very hard for her, as you mentioned. But the only two goals that Melbourne got were those out the back, kind of getting the break away from the stoppage. Um, in terms of general play going inside 50, they couldn't find themselves a mark in there. Is Adelaide the best team defence in the comp? Yes. Yeah. They, <laughs> I think, yeah. I don't even think it's a question. No, they um, were just at this point. so consistent. And they just don't get scores kicked on them. They just never, ever, because they're so well drilled, I think, and... They all know their roles. They know when they help out, Cat, and that's the biggest thing. This year, aside from that game against the Bulldogs, yeah. they had the best defensive year of any team in the competition. And I'm pretty, they were definitely the number one defensive team. And it's amazing, even in finals, they didn't let barely a thing through. Um, Freo couldn't really score on them either in the prelim. You know, they only... Um, Melbourne kicked 16 points, Frio kicked 26. So, you know, a combined aggregate of 21 points average across two finals. Well, during the season, Kat, as you mentioned, best defence, no doubt. 187 points against. The next best team is 249. There you go. 10 rounds, so it's 18.7 points average. Incredible (laughs) defence. And Uh, that is why it's... Sorry, Kat, just quickly. That's why it's interesting because when you look at Melbourne and Brisbane, both scoring... Uh, Melbourne's points for was 470 and Brisbane's was 496 almost. Mm. 100 more than Adelaide. But because of the defence difference, that's what sets them apart. And that might maybe be the go for the future now is that teams got to look, maybe you need to build from the back half to to win games. Because, yes, um, they were the third-ranked uh, offence in the comp, mm. Adelaide, but they just did it defensively, I felt like. Yeah, across, and you know, even at the beginning of the year, across the first four rounds, they had nine goals scored against them. Mm. And they played against Melbourne. They played against Brisbane. Mm. You know, they weren't playing against chumps. They were playing against some of the best that the league <laughs> in the has to offer. Yeah. Um, they just absolutely strangled them. So, you know, it's been, it has been fantastic to watch this Crows team. But it's going to be interesting moving into the new era can they keep this team together? Obviously, the word around Phillips and Port Adelaide is going to be stronger than ever now that the season what is do you over. Think, does she go? Does she stay? You have to say she goes. You'd have to say she goes. What she, she hasn't got much left to achieve at the Crows, you'd have to think. Three flags. She's won the bloody best mm. on ground medal multiple times. Um, what's she got left to do with the Crows team? Oh, she's up on She's proven that she is one of the best players in the comp, and obviously she's going to want to play for the the club that is in her family's blood. Yeah, true. You know, Greg Phillips is obviously one of the 
the most well-regarded Port Adelaide players of all time. Uh, she's going to want to pull on <laughs> the, the Guernsey without so a doubt. Me, yes. She's got to go. She's going to be She's got to go. Bye. Um, Hatchard, the other one that the news is kind of swirling around, that they're looking at her. Obviously, Port haven't made any official announcements yet, other than one we'll get to in a little bit. But, geez, there's a pretty good foundation with just those two. I think Hatchard might stay, though. Oh, it's, a, it's, I, it's, a tough, it's literally 50-50, yeah. though, I think, at this point. It is hard. We've seen, or we'll talk a bit about the Swans in a little bit, but um, obviously a few Giants crossing over. You'd have to think, there'd have to be a few of them that, um, when we talked about a few weeks ago, that just aren't quite getting that regular opportunity. Yep. They've got quite a, a, a bunch of rucks now, the Crows too, so you'd think Port would be targeting at least one of them. Mm. Um, Gould... I think they'd have to be looking at after the the end to the year that she's had. Very strong. Yeah. And I think that, again, with Gould, as I've mentioned, she improves week after week. Um, Mm. And I think the biggest thing for her is that her confidence is growing, which is elevating her game, because no doubt she's talented um, and a good player, but I feel like that's why she's getting so much better week after week. But I suppose that's the thing about, you know, Adelaide. She is still on the list, isn't she, Chloe Shear? Uh, we shut the the the, the cats. Oh, into that's the cats right. She left. That's right. Yeah, I was gonna say she would be somebody that I'd look at. She's um, I think it'll be interesting to see how Port build the list cat. Mm. Very well, interesting. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Just before we move on to to our woman of the grand final, other than Anne Hatchard, because she won the medal, so she's been chosen as the consensus woman of the grand final. I just wanted to say a few demons uh, that I sort of wanted to give a little bit of raps because. Yep. Obviously, it was a tough game for them and a number of players couldn't get going or were held out of it. But there are a few that I thought really stood up. Sinead Goldrick, um, she's been up and down throughout the year. She's been fairly consistent, I would say, off that half-back flank. But this was one of her best games without a doubt. 20 disposals, 3 marks, 3 tackles. I thought she's brought that ground-level pressure before mm. Miller. But really, her rebounding work in this game and ability to play off the forward yeah. line I thought was some of the best footy she's played. To do that in a grand final is pretty extraordinary. I think she'll be very much in the fold next year of playing every week. You'd have to think, well, she she didn't. Um, miss a game this year. She only she? missed one game this year. She only missed round one. Oh, there you go. So been had a very consistent run at after being in and out of the team yeah, in she 2021. Was, that's right, last year she was in that. But, yeah, definitely deserved it this year. Her consistency, though, Kat, around the year has mm. been a bit hit and miss. And I think that coming into finals... If she was going to be on, that was the reason why the Ds were going to be uh, very up and about. And she's been good. I she thought. was fantastic. Libby Birch, of course, 15 disposals, five marks. She was fantastic. And Alyssa Bannon, she's going to be a star, mate. She is just going to be one of the best forwards this competition will see in the coming years. How do you actually stop her is what I'd like to know. The Lions are still wanting to know. <laughs> They've got no idea. Um, but her burst speed for a player of her size, it's, it, it's a sort of... Um, it's almost like the way that Caitlin Greiser plays, but minus that bit of strength that she has in the one-on-one, but plus the athleticism and the pace. Yeah. You know, Greiser does fantastically when she's doing that straight line running and pushes off her opponent, but if Bannon gets any sort of separation inside 50, you're not catching it. No. You're not getting her anywhere. There's no way you're getting near the, uh, any sort of break out of the pack. Yeah. So. There were probably a few players I was a little bit disappointed in, in this game, though. Um Shelly Scott, I said, needed to have a big game if they wanted to get those goals at ground level, and she only had the two disposals. Um, Just I had thought, a tough back after the year, Cap. Yeah, she did. Um, what do you like Daisy Pierce? Much. Is what I'd like to know. 
Yeah, I thought, look, Daisy probably could have had a bit more impact if she was used up forward a bit more. Obviously, she's rotated back through the back line and mm. parts throughout this year. And given their, their woes up forward in this game, yeah. probably would have helped to have her there. I think so. Especially when Taylor wasn't really getting much of the ball. Only the one mark for her. Another tough day at the office. Um, but Chelsea Bedell, is, she's got her number. <laughs> I think she's going to be the matchup every game they play for the rest of the, the rest of their careers. I felt like they defended her extremely well. I mm. felt like... Two weeks in a row, the Lions did right. it too. Um, obviously, they had Bannon to worry about as well. But, yeah, they... I don't know if it's a case of, is she a matchup that if you do identify those weaknesses, you can just lock her out of a game too easily? Has she still got those areas? She's definitely still got those areas to improve. Obviously, a fantastic year, probably career best for her, yeah. but you can definitely still see what needs to change. Oh, yeah, there's no question about that. And I think that's the thing that um, Taylor would know herself, but the Ds would identify is that, you know, if she's going to take the next step with her progression, that, mm. you know, she needs to improve. I think when the ball hits the deck, I still want to see a bit more. Yep. A um, bit of follow-up work will be really important. But, look... To the credit of the Ds, I think their year was pretty strong, mm. obviously. You know, to make it to a grand final is not an easy feat to do. So, I think they'd take a lot of out of it and they would learn a lot. And the biggest thing, I suppose, is that, um, as mentioned, they were the second highest scoring team in the comp. And that's what I think they'll go into again next year. Yeah. Is their offense being really good. So, yeah, lots of positives there for the Demon fans. But again, as you mentioned, Kat, the, the Crows dynasty has just been... Beyond special. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, glad we got to witness it and I think it'll be the first real big point in AFLW history in terms of on-field. Um, I think, yeah, the Ds will be better off for, for being there and getting to their first one. The question being, though, Miller, obviously we said, well, I said at the very least, I thought Daisy would hang up the boots if they mm. won the flag. <laughs> obviously, they haven't done that and the hunger's probably <laughs> still there. Does she go around one more time to try and grab it this year well i say this year next season starting in august as long as it's one more time without the bruce dance <laughs> uh, <laughs> one more no uh definitely i think she'll go around again yeah i think that she would be not unfulfilled because she's had a great personal career but she'd be craving a flag you gotta want to have that flag she'd be craving a flag they'll bad. be in the best position to do it too if the That's crows right. if the crows are losing a few we've heard a few rumors around the lions in terms of players they could be losing as well um, it's it, all, and but Melbourne got to keep that core together, okay? mm. so that'll be the key as well. And I think that's right. If they, if Brisbane and Crows don't get gutted, but get pillaged a bit like we think they're going to, and the Demons keep it all together, I reckon they'd be favourites going to next year. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. So I think Pierce will stay. Do you think she'll she will? Yeah, I reckon she goes one more. One well, more. She's not getting the essential job now, so. <laughs> No, she's not. She's very happy that she's not. Um, we'll give our woman at the grand final as well. We'll start with Docs once again because he's not here to give it. Uh, Danny Ponter yes. has chosen a fantastic game from her. Kicked a couple of nice snags, 13 disposals, three marks. Good from her as well, Miller. I thought she really lifted the, the back end of the year. I was a bit critical of her, her slow start. Didn't really seem to get much of the footy. Um, and wasn't doing much in terms of the forward structure, but she's come around at the right time of the year. Yeah, I think that's the thing. That she's um, Obviously, I think the thing with Ponta is that big game player is what I identify with her. I think that, mm. like you said, she was a bit sort of uh, 
lackadaisical in the last couple of weeks and then you realise, okay, we're playing finals. Holy, holy <laughs> smokes, better wake up. And she has done just that and been really good. So great shout from you, Doc. We like that. Yes. Miller, who's your woman for the grand final? Yes, I'm picking the famous number 10 cat, which is e- Ebony Marinoff. Yes. Amazing game this week. 21 touches, 18 of those kicks, three handballs, five marks, seven tackles. She was really good as per usual. And I just think that she really is the, t- the player cat when... The Crows are in a 50-50 contest or they're down and they're almost out. They're not out. She she grabs on the rope and pulls it back and yeah. makes it, swings it back in the Crows' favour and that is what she's done all year and last year and her whole career almost, you'd say. But um, this year she's been outstanding and again proving that in finals time, I don't think there's many players you'd rather than Hatchard and Marinoff and Phillips, these players mm. that are experienced, but just know in certain moments, when to go. And yeah. that's the biggest thing that Ebony Marinos improved. And she's one of my favourite players and one of the most consistent mids in the con for great reasons. So she's my woman of the week. Absolutely. one of It's amazing to watch her career yeah. develop. Um, and, you know, she's gone from being a player that was renowned for that huge, hard tackling mm. pressure into one of the genuine best ball-winning mids yep. in the competition. She's broken records, one of the first to reach 50 games, the first to notch up a 1,000 disposals, <laughs> and she's only 24 years old. Very so scary times ahead if you're playing. We've it. still got at least five or six years of Ebony Marinoff in her prime, <laughs> which is very scary for Jeez. any other team coming very up against Very scary indeed, but who's your woman of the week, Kat, Well, to wrap up the season? Talk about big game players, mate. There are no bigger big game players in this competition than this woman. She was built for it. She's done it on the bloody Olympic stage, so you know she's going to bring it to a grand final. Erin Phillips is my woman of the week. Yes. 17 disposals, kicked a snag, four clearances, three tackles. She just knows when to go. You talk about players that know Mm. when to lift and when to play their best footy. She played fantastically throughout the whole year, had her huge games as she always does, but... Unlike Marinov at 24 doing all this crazy stuff, Erin Phillips well into her 30s. She's 36 now, turning 37 mm. very shortly, next yep. month. And yep. she's still playing like she did when she first entered the competition. I just can't speak highly enough of this woman. And we talk about players that are going to go down in AFLW history. This woman has set the tone for the beginning of she the competition. Is the she is the history. She's blazed the trail for others to follow in. Yep. Um, and to do it not only at still being, you know, 35, one of the old players of the competition, but having come back from multiple nasty mm. injuries too. Um, it just speaks highly to the type of player she is, the resilient person she is. And there's no doubt in my mind that if she does go over to Port Adelaide, she's going to still be this same level of player um, because she's just a wonder to watch. And yep. I feel very lucky to have watched her play footy full stop. Absolutely. Great call. Um, so she is my woman of the grand final. But with that, there's no more footy to talk about with the AFLW. Not until August anyway. <laughs> you know what that means, mate. There's plenty going on off field as well. We've got plenty of We've got news. news. With the off-season comes plenty of signing news. With four new teams comes plenty of signing news. We'll start with Port Adelaide because we've been talking about them. They haven't signed any players yet, but... They have finally announced their coach and is none other than Premiership Lion, yes. former Blue, former Darabin Falcon multiple Premiership player, Lauren Arnell. 
the first AFLW player to make it to a senior coaching role in the AFLW as well. So we're starting to see the generations tick over as well, Miller. It's sort of a fantastic sign of the times. Very, very exciting times. And it's just, um, yeah, it's really, it's just funny, isn't it? In a, in a really cool way to see her make that transition straight to coaching. And I think it's a great appointment by mm. Port. Oh, I love it. I think that what she'll bring is the biggest thing I think, Kat, is obviously with a new team coming into the comp, the biggest thing that you're going to have to gauge is almost the competition itself mm. because, you know, it's not like you're going from having the VFL team straight into the AFL yeah. like ever, um, elevation. You're building a team from scratch. So I feel like uh, Arnell will bring a really good insight into what the game, where mm. she thinks it's possibly going, where it's at right now. Um, and what players are going to best fit that. So I think it's really smart by Port. I think yeah. it's a really good signing. I'm a big fan of it, especially given that, as we say, Port building from nothing, they're going to be a young team. Yeah. It's going to be those crows they bring in, plus a, a big group of youngsters and maybe a couple of journey women from the Sandford W as well. Um, but, you know, Arnell's had that experience with the, the Lions right. Academy. She's worked with Queensland State teams before. Um, so she knows how to get the best out of young players. That's right. With the talent Queensland's producing at the moment, you'd have to say she's definitely been responsible in part for some of that. Maybe she'll entice as well some... Bring some lines you know, over. Some lines and Queensland players in general say, come over here. You know, I, I, <laughs> Get love, on over. I love the Queensland people too. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> come and join me, eh? Good idea. Yeah. Well, it's a great appointment. Um, but speaking of Queensland players, um, the news around, not to Port, but to Hawthorne, Emily Bates Miller, your favourite woman. She won the best and fairest, which, as we will be <laughs> advertising for the next year and a half, that you predicted pre-season <laughs> that she would win it. She has been linked to Hawthorne. A huge oh. offer being made to bring her down to Victoria. What do you make of it, mate? I make the Craig which will cry <laughs> if that happens. Um, there's no, there's no question that you should offer big money to the best player in the comp. You've got to. You've got to, if you've got the opportunity. Whether, I don't think she'll take it though. You reckon she'll stay? I reckon stay she'll stay. I think that she is too loyal in terms of what she had to sacrifice to get to where she's now mm. and then sort of being given that opportunity is going to pay back the mutual respect in terms of maybe I'll stick it out yep. and stay. Because I think there's no doubt that Brisbane going to be there again. Um, next year, up and about. So, yeah, I can't see her leaving. She might do. Um, but I just think it's some mar marquee signing, Cat, if it happens. Mm. Well, it is an interesting one because she does work with the University of Queensland um, as a part of their sport department, doing development with athletes there. So she's obviously got those strong roots and connections in Queensland already, born and bred Queensland girl yeah. as well. She's obviously, like you say, um, was their first ever draft pick. If there's anyone that you would see as, <laughs> as you know, loyal to the club, it's Batesy. But yeah. I suppose you, you do wonder if there's better opportunities in Melbourne, whether it's too hard to consider of course, not yeah. taking it. It's a tough one. I would like her to stay. But I'd, I, think I don't every think every Brisbane fan would yeah, of that course, with you, mate. But I don't think anyone <laughs> would hold anything against her if she left, I no. suppose. But, yeah, I think it would be very interesting. What do you reckon? Do you reckon she'll stay or leave? Oh. <sighs> It's a hard one. Very it's a very, hard, very right. hard one. I don't know. I almost wonder if, you know, they won the flag. They got close again this year. Mm. She's won a personal accolade. Whether she feels like it's time to switch it up a little bit and 
try and start something new once again. I'm not sure. It's a hard one. She seems like she's got a very mature head on her shoulders That's as right. well, Batesy. So um, I think whatever decision she makes, well, this is the thing as well. You talk about her being a working with young athletes and that kind of thing. That could be that sort of opportunity with Hawthorne with yeah. their academy and they've obviously got their young girls coming in too. So whether that's appealing to her as well, mm. um, I don't know. It's going to be... Very uh, interesting. It's hard with these things. We don't know until it actually happens, <laughs> I reckon. They could come out of nowhere. Um, but speaking of the lines as well, Doc uh, informed us during the week, Nat Greider and Greta Bodie are receiving offers from elsewhere. We don't quite know where yet, but can definitely see that interest. Greider, all Australian off the yeah. half-back line. Bodie in the squad arguably should have been in that forward line. You can understand why they'd be attracting interest at the moment. Yeah, massive years from both. Obviously, as you mentioned as well, with Greider, career best year, easily cat. So I think Bo- Bodie would be a bigger loss. Mm. But I think the Grider is obviously an outstanding player as well. But I feel like they've got the cattle to possibly fill that role. Not obviously yeah. the same quality. But the defence has always been strong for the Lions. Correct. So that's what I'm sort of thinking. I uh, wonder who would be asking the question. Obviously lots of clubs. Well, we mentioned Port before. Obviously Lauren Arnell was the connection there. I reckon she'd be asking about You'd have Grider. to think she'll be... I'm just putting the little, the little whisper out into the ears of the Lions girls saying, you don't have to come down, but... If you want to. Well, it'd be fun, you know, what I'm like. But I'm there, I'm there if you want yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. an option I, for sure. Yeah, I think that both players are obviously critical to Brisbane. But mm. again, I, I suppose it's literally like you said, Kat, previously, is that is that opportunity too hard to pass up Yeah, if it's better? So it'll be They've very got to think about their careers. Well, I guess the, the number one player that does sort of um, epitomise that, thinking about their careers and what they have to do outside of footy, is Izzy Huntington, who... Probably a good thing Doc's not here because he'd probably be in tears. But Izzy has requested a trade to the Giants officially. She'll be heading up to Sydney to become a GWS player. It's obviously a huge blow for the Dogs, Miller, especially considering there's word mm. around Bonnie Toogood being offered uh, a contract from Essendon. So that would leave them with two very big gaps in their forward line. That would hurt. It would hurt a massively. She's obviously got to go and do its best for her career. You understand it. And it's a good move for the Giants too, especially considering uh, Rebecca Privatelli's on her way to the Swans. Um, and we've talked at length about how they need another forward target <laughs> I was say in their there. forward line's pretty much Other than nothing. Cora. Um, yeah. It's a good move for the Giants, you have to say. Yeah, I think so. I think that Huntington obviously is a talented player. We know that. And like you said, I, I tell you a great cat with the point that She's probably going to do what's best for her, not just from a career point of view, but a lifestyle perspective. So, look, I understand the um, ambitions and desire to possibly... Well, you'd think she's pretty much gone. I think if two good leaves as well, though, like like you mentioned, that's massive blows to the forward line. And what it looks like for the dogs next year is something that would mm. concern me. Um, Well, then they've only really got... Nell Morris Dalton is their number one That's right. forward target. And then I don't know if you're going to be having to rotate Edmonds through there or bring Lynchy up into the forward line, perhaps. I don't want to it say that. It makes it harder. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say, I think Lynchy's been better than where she's played. Well, she's obviously, yeah, defender first. I think that she's so much better in defense. So, yeah, I, yeah you have to, I think, let Huntington do it. Mm. But then. Like you mentioned before we went to AK, you're talking about the trades. Yeah. Are the, you know, will the dogs be very staunch on it? Is she had a contract? Yeah. Uh, I would assume so. I'm yeah. not sure if. I think she has to trade. Well, she might be in contract because they've asked for a trade. For a trade. Um, obviously. I wonder what they'd get for Huntington. 
You'd have to say a first rounder. I would say a first round pick. You'd have to put that in. Which there. from the Giants? Well, for yeah. them, for them, they've got to weigh up um, how they sit in the draft pool against the yeah, Swans. Well. Obviously, Swans <laughs> are going to be getting the first pick ahead of them in the pool, regardless. You'd think the dogs would say, "We want your first yeah, round." Yeah, give us your first. She's place. worth a first round. She's despite, easily worth a first. Despite the injuries, she's still worth she's still a first worth the first. Round. I don't want to hear about you. <laughs> still worth the first. Unless we see someone else um, depart from the Giants to the Dogs, but they're going to be losing that many players anyway. Yeah. I don't think they really can afford to lose any more. I don't know. Um, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting one um, for them. But lots going on with the Giants at the moment. We mentioned Privatelli just then, Miller, but Lisa Steen as well has Steen. requested a trade, and Ali Morfitt will also be heading to the Swans. So those two, has she already, yeah, she's gone. There, yeah, she? Morfitt, Privatelli, and Steen all going to be heading to the Swans. I like uh, Steen. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. We've we've sort of. I know Doc's not her biggest fan. <laughs> Doc's um, not a fan at all. And their backline's been shaky at times. The Giants, but. I don't mind the move. I think maybe a fresh start could do her well. And similarly for Privatelli, I wonder if not being in a forward line with Cora Staunton Miller, who mm. is targeted so heavily by the Giants, could help Privatelli get back to that form we saw from her a couple of years ago. I think as well, like you mentioned when we were talking about Huntington just there, Kat, if, with Privatelli going, mm. it's beneficial for both players because yep. Huntington obviously gets what she wants and more playing time. But I think the Swans will. I think she'll get the. They'll get the best out of her. Mm. I think is um, should be the number one target in there. For you'd say so at the moment. They don't have many other forwards yet. And but one thing I do like about her is that she's got great hands out, out in front when she's on the move. Mm. So I think if the Swans midfield builds as it's building, which I do the like, how it's looking very nice. Very <laughs> it's structuring. <coughs> excuse me, very well. So I think that um, yeah, they're all great start signings. Yeah, I really like Steen as well. I think that she'll add something to the Swans. Lineup, which you know, as we talked about, Cat, me, and you, when we were talking about the Swans outfit and how they're structuring about mm. four or five weeks ago, is that it's looking like a team that is going to be very strong in terms of an identity and what yeah. they're going for. Yeah, well, it's it, I thought they were going to be in a very, very good position, um, mm. with some of the players that they were looking at bringing on. Yeah, obviously, Ashford Dell not going to be heading to the Swans anymore would have been absolutely massive. <laughs> it would have been. Um, it sounds like she's committed to North Melbourne. Yeah. So it leaves a little bit of a, of a gap. They don't really have that big marquee midfielder yet. I think that's what they'll be looking for. Yeah, I think all four of the new clubs would be hoping to build their midfield around one big name. We'll talk about the Dons in a second <laughs> who are doing just that. Um, but they've also picked up a couple of youngsters from the AFL Sydney competitions as well, yep. which is fantastic for them, um, alongside Privatelli. Zoe Hurrell and um, Ella Heads, Heads, they've both joined. Yep. So both taller midfielders, 178, 175, more of the modern type that we're seeing, um, a Charlie Rowbottom-esque sort of size, which mm. obviously works well at the moment, especially if they can look into her, which I'm sure they will be asking the question. Yep. Um, Harrell, a very versatile type of player, Miller. She can play along the flanks at either end as well, um, where it seems like heads will get, be a player that will be more straight into the midfield group. Alongside the players they've signed in the middle already, they're building a nice deep pool yeah. um, of players that can rotate through that. I think that the depth is going to be very good for the Swans, even though they're going to be a new team. And I think that what will be very interesting is who is going to be that Marquise signing in the midfield cat? I think mm. is going to be very interesting because... Well, right, you would have thought Riddell would have oh, <laughs> absolutely she would have, solidified she would have been, that. She would have been, you know, the perfect um, Lego block to the construction mm. of the perfect tower at Sydney. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, I think that's what's going to really excite me is which which one is it going to be? I think it's going to be really good mm. because 
I feel like they've got the right build in terms of role players yep. around a good foundation. So, yeah, I think just one or two, and it's going to be really pretty much set in stone how they're going to pan out. And I think it's going to be great year. I think them. they'll be fighting Hawthorne for Rebecca Beeson as well. Obviously, she's got her ties to the Hawks with the VFLW team, but now being based in Sydney, they're going to be going fisticuffs. I, I reckon Beeson might be the signing. Oh, the Swans, Swans signing. I don't mind it. Look, even without a big marquee name, um, the likes of Collier, Ford, Amy Whelan. Ford's a good... All strong, yeah. all strong competitors. Molly Eastman too. Um, obviously, Collier's proven in the AFLW yeah. now. has really improved since um, signing with West Coast. And all of those VFLW players as well have been really strong in the middle. But it could be a case that they want to build together as a group, make a star out of them as opposed to bring in a, a big name or... Maybe they, they really roll the dice and try and get Elise Parker or someone similar from the Giants. Parker would be massive. They'd love her. They would absolutely they love, would her. love her. <laughs> oh, it's going to be an interesting next few weeks. I think, like I was saying yesterday, by this time next week, I think we're going to have quite a number <laughs> more yeah. to talk about. Uh, but while we're on the Giants as well, they have signed their new coach. Um, obviously, Alan McConnell stepping down at the end of the year after a, a Five-year tenure, I believe mm. it was. He wasn't there for the inaugural season, um, but he uh, obviously took them through the past few years and, you know, did a, we've, we've had our criticisms of him, but obviously he's a, a guy who cared very deeply about the Giants as a whole and, well, he's not with them for this tumultuous time. <laughs> it's coming down to their new man, uh, Bernasconi. Cam Bernasconi. Sounds like a mafia boss. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't know too much about him, but I heard a little bit from a few people that he's yes. very highly rated internally at the Giants. Uh, done a lot of work with their academy recently. Obviously, been around the mm. AFLW program for quite a while. Um, they love to bring people from within the Giants. They like their established staff. Yes, well, as I said to you in the uh, group chat yesterday, Kat, I said, who the hell is this? Because I was doing a bit of research <laughs> and couldn't find a lot of information, but did do a bit more digging. And yes, like you said, I think that... Pretty well and highly regarded through internal sources. So, mm. look, I think that the only thing that concerns me with bringing someone from inside the club is I feel like the Giants need a fresh sort of game plan and ideas. Well, that's it, isn't it? He's been an assistant with the Giants before um, with the AFLW team. and I, I hope he's got his own ideas, though. Yeah, it's sort of like what we were talking about with the, the AFL CEO, that maybe bringing in someone from the outside would have been more beneficial yeah. considering the Giants have operated pretty much internally that's through right. their whole lifespan in the AFLW so far. Yep. Um, so so that's just my thoughts personally. Yeah, I don't know. Is it a case of they're biding their time until Alicia Eve is ready to to coach? Maybe. How long has he signed for? Does it say there? Um, I don't know if they... Yeah, I don't know. It just says he will be replacing McConnell effective immediately. Obviously, because so. we don't like McConnell. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so look, I don't mind the appointment. Um, if he's highly regarded internally, then obviously he's done something right. Yeah. Um, to earn the board's respect. And oh, there's no doubt. He's job, probably, yeah, probably the right man for the job. The only question I have again is just around style because mm. I think the Giants do need to do something new. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if that's how it goes, Cap. Yeah, other coaching news, Daniel Harford has extended his contract for two more years at Carlton, which I know you're a fan of, Miller. You enjoy Daniel Harford in that in the role, but Doc doesn't. He's, he's had his critics here and there, and obviously, once again, 
Well, same with the best for last. But he's lost a couple more players this year, um, and they're heading off to to the Bombers. Mm. A couple of big names. And look at the smile here. Is what, <laughs> is what I wish everyone could say. Yes, give me two seconds. There's been some question marks over his, I guess, not necessarily his relationship with the group, but his ability to keep players wanting to stick around Carlton. Yeah. You look at someone like Mick Stanier at Melbourne, who... Uh, yeah. I don't know if you watched that video, Miller, of Daisy giving the speech yes, for his 50th game. And you can see the emotion and the love that the group have for him. Um, I just don't know if it doesn't seem from the outside that there's that same sort of level yeah. for half within the club at Carlton. I, I understand that. I think, though, that sometimes I feel like the Carlton players aren't putting in enough effort towards what he's trying to deliver. Mm. Because I feel like sometimes... Maybe it is that they're not trusting or believing in the game style as much, but I just feel like... I don't know. I think at times you look at some of the decisions he made throughout the year. Jess that, Del Poss yeah. in the team every week, despite having very average performances and looking lost like she was out at sea. Maddie Maybe Guerin that's a statement, though, being, is what I'm thinking. Mm, yeah, I, I understand. I understand what people's gripes are with him, but I think all in all... Like, he was pretty good to get them into the finals last year. Yeah. I think maybe it could be a case of they obviously know they're going to be struggling the next few years with losing a couple of star players and they're going to have to rebuild through, obviously, the next few seasons yeah. and get some draft picks in and that kind of thing. Jess Good also has been linked to Port Adelaide, so another ruck option gone there. Just yeah. going to be sort of Bree Moody and, and no one else uh, for the time being now. But... um. I don't know. I'm split on the decision. I think that stability could be important. I'm with you. But you think two years, it's only going to be to That's the 2023 season. I understand what people are saying. Well, let's get a fresh face in. But like I said, t- like you said, sorry there, Kat, two years isn't... It's enough time to see whether this list is going to turn around mm. quick or whether... It's a long term. That's right. Yeah. We can bring someone else in to maybe finish off and see through the transition years. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind it. But I understand Alex Doherty's personal gripe. <laughs> Says he hates it. All right. But there is one thing that you don't hate, Kat. Oh, I've been waiting. Lo- I've been saving the best for last. I have yeah, been saving the best for last. I want you to talk about this because <laughs> this is just fantastic for footy for mine. Yes, the Bombers have announced their second and third players. Obviously, George Nanskuen announced a few weeks ago, which was lovely. Yes. And that's in person through and through. And now we've been campaigning for it all year long. We've been talking about it. Maddie Prasparkas is going to be donning sash in 2022 and beyond. I am over the moon, Miller. And not only that, but she's brought Georgia G with her. The Velcro is <laughs> unbreakable <laughs> once again. They can't go anywhere without each other. And I couldn't be happier about it. That is two bona fide elite yeah. midfielders in the middle, plus Georgia G up forward to start the team. Outstanding pickups. Well, I was just going to say quickly, Kat, there's no doubt Prasparkas' talent. Yes. Well, as you said, you realise um, many of the is the tow truck and then the car she's bringing along with her it happens to be a really nice Lamborghini, which is Georgia G as well. So the absolutely power and amazingness of these two players. And we know Prasparks is a gun, obviously winning, you know, the best and fairest. And, but Georgia G, I, she had a tough year, mm. I think, for a lot of reasons. I feel like the service to her was a bit average. And then, um, as you mentioned, with half, sometimes was throwing some players around a bit. And I felt like G's confidence was there. And maybe she was checked out in terms of she was ready to look for a new option. But, mm. you know, I'm a very big fan of her cat. Oh, I love her. Her game style. And I think... You wouldn't think she's already played 40 games as well. Yeah, because how old no. is she? She's still... 25? she's only younger. I think she's, yeah, 22 or so. Oh, really? So she's she's look. already pulling up that experience 
but also still has a lot of room to grow. And I think you're right. She was a bit patchy at times this year. She never kicked more than a goal a game, but I think when she spent a bit more time running up through the middle, along the wing, I think she looked good. She's um, only 22, yeah, sorry. And I think she'll she'll do something similar for, for the Bombers as That's well. Huge. So I'm I'm very excited about these two signings, Maddie Press Parks especially, and the fact that she was a Bomber supporter all her life as well, still held on to being a Bomber supporter despite being in Carlton for all of her AFLW career so far. Um, I think it, it's great that we're getting Essendon people and people yeah. that bleed for the Bombers into the club for the first team. Yeah, I really like that. I think that what's going to be very strong for Essendon is, like you said, the midfield. As you said, getting two ready-made players. Well, that's, that's an inside midfield group basically sorted right yeah, there. Kind of would be scared to come up against uh, what's already <laughs> emerging there. So, yeah, I really like the way Essendon are building the list. Kate, you've obviously got to be pleased. I think what very will be interesting pleased. is the back line. Mm. What type of stocks and players they go for. Um, and how they blend that together with, like you said, with the AFL, uh, VFLW team, sorry. Mm. Um, well, it's there's a couple of players I could see making the jump from our VFLW backline. Kendra Heil, um, Danny Marshall, I Danny think, Marshall, could, I could think. get another chance in the AFLW. She should. I interviewed her a few a week, few weeks back, might have been nearly a month back now, and she said, you know, the Bombers obviously, being a new team, want to look for young talent first and foremost. And She's good, though, I think, as an experienced head, like you said. Oh, absolutely. You need those players that are going to, even if it's only for a year or two, right. to really guide the troops and, and marshal them. Would you take her? I think she'd be all right. I'd absolutely love the way, she, the form she's been in this year in the VFLW. Yeah. She's been a brick been wall in good. the back line. I'd love to have her down there. Um, but, yeah, it is an interesting one. There's... Defenders are usually harder to come by, and mm. all the elite ones in the league, I think, are very entrenched in their clubs. Ruby Schleich are obviously getting some attention from Sydney, um, but there's not too many others I've heard whispers about that are going to move. No. You're either looking at trying to break someone out of Brisbane or Freo to move into state, Good which luck. I don't think is going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tough, I think, but really, really like those signings for the star power alone. I'm very happy with the direction the Bombers are heading in. I can't wait for the next few weeks. It's going to get crazy. The signings are all coming on now, mate. It's going to get wild. I tell you what, it has already been a bit mental the last <laughs> two weeks. But yeah, I tell you, like, I think, like you said, for some of the expansion teams, while they are signing players, I think more big names, as you mentioned, Kat, are going to be dropping, mm. and that's what's really exciting for me. And I suppose, yeah, teams like Port that are obviously going to they're going to get their fair cracker players from across the road, yeah. Adelaide. But like you said, I think it'd be really interesting to see if player, you know, Arnella's coach is going to bring players from Queensland, and I think it's going to be really exciting, and mm. it's going to be yeah, so cool. For as many of the the issues that the expansion brings with it, just the, the <laughs> I do love the the, the player signings yes. and all that kind of thing. It just brings that little bit of a level of excitement. It sucks for the people that are losing the players, but. Good for Very us. Good for the new teams. <laughs> We're loving it. Um, but I think that's going to be all from us yeah. on this episode of the A3 Footy Podcast. Thank you for listening once again. Obviously, the AFLW season's over, so we'll be a little bit less frequent with the AFLW episodes. We might be um, lumping them on because there'll be less to talk about, but um, we will see how we go from here on out. Make sure you follow us across all our socials to see when new episodes come out. A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at A3 Footy on Twitter as well. And of course, the email A3 Footy at gmail.com. With that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. Make sure you join us for whatever's next. Huge, huge trade and signing period ahead. Congratulations, Crom. Go Crom. <laughs>